Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Cantina MX Football Podcast, episode 406. It labeled it the Santa Jimenez Hater Club. We'll explain why in just a moment. But he is obviously top of mind as we are all anticipating his Champions League debut tomorrow. And we also have some Liga MX results that we'll be going over. Of course, we'll be talking about Chivas and some other clubs, America, Santos. But before I go any further, I just want to let everybody know we are broadcasting live on YouTube and on Twitter Spaces. So hop on, talk shit, we'll let you speak, or we'll read out your chats. Um, but want to welcome my good friend Joel to the pod. Joel, how we doing? I'm triggered, Jaime. Santi, Santi triggered me with his, with his speech. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shaking. <laughs> Santi Jimenez had a whole video ready for his Champions League debut. But uh, uh, that's not what you're talking about. You're talking about his comments he had. Yes. On TNT. Um, so let me play that clip and then we'll dissect it here. Courtesy of, uh, again, TNT Sports Mexico. Todos, todo les motiva ir a Europa. Pero también hay una realidad de que eh, en México es muy difícil que te dejen salir. Y creo que eso debería de cambiar. Si queremos ver a largo plazo, eh, para mí, bueno, en, en mi sentir, creo que es mejor. Vender barato, pero vender a muchos a vender a uno caro, ¿me entiendes? Y, y creo que eso es un poco lo que pasa también en la Liga Mexicana y lo que mis compañeros eh, me han hablado. Por ejemplo, Antuna que tuvo una oferta y no lo dejaron salir, Charlie tuvo una oferta y no lo dejaron salir, y de esos hay miles de ejemplos, ¿no? Creo que esa parte se tienen que encargar. Yo no soy responsable, ni ustedes, ni, ni ningún jugador, pero creo que tanto la federación como los dueños eh, nos deberían por ahí de apoyar siendo mexicanos a la selección nacional para que más jugadores salgan y puedan cumplir su sueño. All right, all right. So... For those that don't speak Spanish, Ante just saying that, you know, he's not happy that clubs make it very difficult for Mexicans to go abroad. And he dropped some names. Antuna and Charlie both had offers and, and Cruz Azul didn't let him go. And he said that uh, he wishes that they would change um, their mindset and, you know, try to export as many players, maybe at a cheaper, you know, price, yeah. but at a higher um, velocity or quantity. But uh, Joel... I'd like to hear your takes on this comment by Santa Jimenez today. Yeah, I think he means well, but he's he's like way off. Like you could tell he most likely his dad handled all his like contract and all his you know the business side of the sport, which is good for him. And and very few players are gonna have that. Someone that knows the game and is, you know. Who's gonna want the best for you than, you know, your own, your own dad? So, but but he he's he's saying that the club should sell cheap. Well, you you really can't sell cheap because you're paying these players a lot of money. So he mentions Antuna. Antuna was signed with Man City. 
Man City didn't want him. He was at the Galaxy. His contract's expiring. Uh, Chivas makes an offer. Man City values him pretty high. I think it's about 11 million, Jaime, if I'm not mistaken. Somewhere in that range. Mm-hmm. You know, Chivas, Chivas pays that money. And if anyone's followed Chivas, they know Chivas is... They rarely buy players at that price range. Not like they buy one every season. Um, and so it's difficult for them to, to land a player like that. And they took a gamble because... Um, <clears throat> I remember when they signed him and uh, there's a lot of criticisms that they overpaid and, you know, the Man City didn't even want him. Obviously, any other Euro team didn't want him either. Um, but he ends up doing really well. So then if, if an offer comes in and you're Chivas, why are you going to sell him for half of what you paid for? Like, how does that make any sense? And how are you going to call the club greedy for saying that they're making it difficult for the player? You know, if you're on Tuna, he made his choice right there. It's like he's saying they're paying $11 million for, for me. They're not going to sell me for less than that. So at that point, you could say, all right, I'm going to write out my contract. I'm going to play till I got six months left. And at that point, um, clubs will usually sell you cheaper because they don't want to miss out. He ended up going to Cruz Azul. Pretty sure he's getting paid good money. But that's what happens with a lot of these players where it's like, that's the sacrifice they have to make. Um, do not sign a contract extension and then take take a gamble and see if you're going to get an offer from Europe or even make it in Europe. And, you know, a lot of these guys is not just going, it could mean three years. It, it, that, that, that's how long the sacrifice could be. It could be yeah. three years. You know, you're already not making that much money or, or as much as you think you could. And so, like, say, whatever next team, they can say, okay, we're going to pay you, like, $2 million. $2 million a season for three years. That's $6 million already. Um, and they're like, oh, shit. And that's not including um, sponsorship deals they might get and bonuses for, you know, games played, goals scored, whatnot. So, I mean, they're saying, okay, three years, I'm going to have six guaranteed. Or I could play the, the, the last year I have at, at whatever they're making, you know, and then go to Europe and still not make that much. And it's, it's you know, it's for them, it's like it could be two, three years where they're not going to make substantial amount. So very few players are going to be willing to take that deal. Most are going to be like, fuck it, let me, you know, give me, can you show me the money? Which is what we saw with Pizarro. I don't know if you remember. Um, and he came to Chivas, right? It's like 17 million. 17 million from Pachucas to Chivas. And he was one of the players that wanted to go abroad. Like Chucky had gone and um, one more other guy from Pachuca. I'm forgetting his name. Yeah, Guti. So he's like, dude, I'm next in line. But the offers weren't coming. And all of a sudden, it's like Chivas willing to pay that much. And if they're paying that much, of course, they're going to be paying them a good amount, you know, of wages. And that's where his choice comes in and saying, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just, I'm not signing. They can't force you. As much as they say, sometimes the players, 
They really can't. And, and we've seen from examples of other players that said, fuck it, I'm leaving. Uh, and we worked out on the favor. Bully being one of the main ones where Tigres even had a comp, had like a contract thing showing that Pulido had signed a contract extension because um, he left on a free transfer. He ended up leaving. And he ended up leaving, you know, to Greece. And, um, you know, FIFA ultimately, because they went to the courts and everything, he still ended up staying over there and being able to play. Uh, but what happened was that he just didn't, he couldn't hack it for whatever reason. And then this is the other thing, that, uh, uh, you know, the fans will say, oh, no, you're, you're you know, the Federacion. The Evo Federacion is going to, you know, blacklist you. Dude still came back, signed with Chivas, played, even got to play with the national team. Yeah, <clears throat> so I think we can't really generalize because everyone's contract is different. And maybe some players don't really have much control or say in their own, you know, transfer. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I mean, there's been players that were smart enough. So I'll give you a good example. Um, uh, what was his name? He, he was at Chivas and then they sent him to Cruz Azul. So Marco Fabian, Marco Fabian, he sent to Cruz Azul, uh, option to buy. And then um, this is when De La Torre returned. De La Torre and his brother, when they returned to Chivas, uh -huh. shortly, before, shortly before Almeida. So that's the timeline. He goes to him and he says, all right, look, dude, I'm going to hook you up. And, and his contract had the release clause. So whatever they agreed to pay him, you know, I'm sure they came to an amount, maybe not as much as he could have made had he stayed at Cruz Azul, but he gave him that release clause so that if, and the team came, the team from Germany came and facilitated, and he was, he left, no problem. Same, they did the same thing with Cesar Montes. No, was it not Cesar Montes, Carlos Salcedo. Carlos Salcedo, they, they bring him from Rouse Lake, same thing, his contract had a release clause. And so sometimes you have the release clause, you're, you know, it's a special contract right there. Um, and I'm guessing they're taking some type of pay cut. Because, I mean, you can't just expect the team, the club, to take to take the L. That's the other thing, I mean, and we've seen it here time and time again. A lot of these teams, they're bleeding money. When we see the really strong teams, it's not because the club has money. It's because the, the people that own the club have money. So money, like... Like America, Televisa, they're backed by Televisa, Tigres, backed by um, Cemex, Monterrey, Fenza. Mm -hmm. So they lose money, they, they lose money all day, every day. Fenza just, dude, turn the billions. <laughs> it doesn't even pay them. They, they could just, they can afford that. And that's that's the one thing where I think a lot of fans don't even, they don't even think of this shit. You know, it's like it doesn't go through their mind. Some of these clubs are rarely making enough. And then you want them to sell their star player to let them go for cheap. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think uh, 
with Santi, uh, I, I want to say he's a little bit out of line with his comments. You can't really tell your club how to run negotiations and business, right? Like at the end of the day, you are their property. As fucked up as that sounds, that's true. These guys, these guys don't belong to anyone but the club. And unless you have a really good agent, then you don't really have much speaking terms and you can't dictate like what you can and can't do. And I mean, we've heard it time and time again, there's been offers for players and this goes back to, you know, for my, when I started first watching Liga Mekis, I remember there were plenty of times where we heard, you know, Omar Bravo, um, Osvaldo, like they've had legitimate offers to go abroad and, you know, for some reason they just, they don't pan out. Maybe the the price wasn't right, but the player themselves expressed their desire to go and 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 have yeah. their their chances abroad. Um, so you know I understand both sides, but <clears throat> I don't I don't understand like, hey like you should sell us for cheap. Like who the fuck is you to say that? Like <laughs> this is my my this is my, this is my business. Why would I sell it for half the price? This ain't Groupon. You know, how dare you, how dare you suggest, you know, so, and, and I get it. You know, there's other, other ways to, to make up for that money. Right. Instead of yeah. taking a, a fat offer for 10 million, you sell them for five with the, with the future, um, you know, uh, clause in case they sell again. Well, well see, that, that's Pachuca and it's easy for Pachuca to do that because, uh, they could just go to South America and for that, for that like four or five million. And find a player of, of equal value, if you have equal talent. Uh, if you're Chivas, you really can't do that. Um, it's it'll be hard for you to replace a player. It's, it's you know them pickings. So yeah. you can't hate on a club for valuing their players or wanting to hold on. Um, so you know, uh, yeah. so, I mean, obviously it, comes, it comes from fans that are like national team fans, and that's cool. You don't care if the club doesn't do shit. <laughs> <laughs> they never win as long as they're sending players around. But that's not how this team is going to make, you know, it's going to stay relevant. They're going to stay relevant by, you know, by um, by winning championships or being very competitive. I bet there's teams in Uruguay that stay in Europe. You guys haven't heard of them. Nobody gives a shit because they're they never win. You know, like, yeah, Liga Mekis. We've we've talked about it time and time again. You know, Liga Mekis is a unique case where they don't need to rely on they're they're not a fisherman's league. They're not, they don't have to export to stay sustainable. They can do transfers within their <clears> league, <throat> within their bubble, within Monterrey, Tigres, America. We, yeah. we can. It's we're a self-sustaining league. We don't. We all, the money comes in, comes out. We don't necessarily need to sell players in order to profit, you know? So that, that is a unique situation for, for Liga Mekis. And I can't say that's the same for any team or any, any, any league in North America. MLS doesn't, uh, uh, clearly does not operate that way. They have nothing to lose by exporting players, uh, at a cheap price. So well, yeah, and then their whole contract thing is also way different. It is different. You know, the, the way it's structured. So a lot of the players earn less money for longer periods of time. And so it's it's easier for those players to leave abroad because they're not really taking the nail. Uh, neither is the club. So it's that, that makes it easy. But that's been always the case. Like I, 
I find it a little bit, um, well, it's just because uh, the fonts are not that informed. But even if you go back to like 94, since before, um, since before MLS, uh, and the US team had more players in Europe, they were sending them from college. So just that you went to Europe doesn't mean that you're all that. Just means you were able to go and able to stay in the club. Could be third division, fourth, you know, but they've always had um, more more players over there. Yeah, for sure. And at the end of the day, you're the one that signs the contract. So if you're trying to go abroad, right, it's your job to negotiate that clause in your own contract. And that's, you know, that's why you can't really blame anyone but yourself. If you're a player like Charlie or Antuna and you're like, hey, we've just uh, received an offer for you. You are going to be going to Cruz Azul and, you know, Piojo is going to be coming the other way. You're going to have to go over there and negotiate your contract, right? So if Antuna really wanted to go back out to Europe, why wouldn't he generate a clause where he can go to Europe? Like, hey, if I get an offer from Europe, like I'm allowed to like, you know, make a play there. Yeah. So it, it comes, you know, it comes down mean, to the player. Yeah, I mean, there's been deals, now that you mentioned that, that have fallen through because of that. It was like we're going to trade players, but then the the one player couldn't couldn't come in agreement with the other clubs. Like Cordova? Yeah, it's a lot, but you know. It's, I know Cordova was <laughs> was being uh, used as negotiation with uh, Antuna, right? When Chivas were were trying to trade him, and Cordova, oh, yeah, but, uh, and then Cordova said, "No, I'd rather go to Tigres because there's more trophies." Yeah, but I mean, I, I think different, more different in the sense of like, give me that transfer club, you know, I want to, and the team might not, because they, they could think, well, I'm not bringing you here so you could live in six months. We're bringing you here because, you know, we see you as a key player and at least play here for two years. And that's, that could be like the difference. It was like, no, nah, I don't, yeah, I don't think so, you know. Yeah, because he was talking about long term planning, um, Santi saying that. If they let players go, that in the long term it would benefit. And it's like, not really. That's always been like the, that's always been the, the talking point of saying like, uh, bless you, saying that the more players, you know, that you have, that it'll be better. And it's, we've seen a lot of national teams that their squad is in Europe and they haven't really done anything. So to me, you, you know, it comes down to having a strong league, not necessarily having all these players in, in Europe. You know, mostly you've seen it with African teams. Teams like Senegal and Ghana and whatnot. With, you know, the whole squad has been playing in Europe since they're 10. And they're just like Max, where they just go stage or they don't even go, go to the World Cup. Yeah, look, if you really want to go to Europe, you'll find a way to make it out there. That's it it all comes down to the player. Antuna's already been out there. I'm sure if he really wanted to go to Europe, he'd find a way. But right now he's getting paid the big bucks in Mexico. He's one of the stars of the national team. And I'm sure that going to Europe, he'll find a way. He'll find a way. If he really wants to go to Europe, he'll find a way. Same thing with Charlie. 
I think these if these kids really wanted to go in Europe, they'd be in Europe already, regardless of their contract yeah. situation. You know, if if you truly have that desire, you'll make it happen. And if well, you're good, and if you're good I enough, I wouldn't say regardless of the contract because the contract ties you to the club. So, yeah, but you, I mean, you can just write out your contract and not sign an extension. Yeah, you, yeah well, that's 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 these guys they say, you know, they don't they don't take that. They will rarely take that gamble. Very few will do that. That's the thing. Um, it's like you don't you don't trust yourself. You don't believe in yourself that 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 uh, if if that's the case, if you don't think that that you'll get an offer, you know, so it, yeah. it, it comes it, it comes down to mindset. Well, yeah, to me, it's more the money part because it's like you know we, we stated before a lot of a lot of players they were from very poor upbringing, and once they get a big contract, they could take care of like their whole family, even extended family. You know, they buy houses and cars and kind of have it made already. Like, prime example, uh, right? Cool? Alexis Vega, if he really wanted to go to Europe, as shitty as that deal was, he could have gone to Europe. He could have gone to Wolves for six months if he really wanted to. But he didn't. Yeah. But he knew he was, uh, he was such a dude. Meanwhile, I think he was the medical. Macias really, really wanted to go, and he was willing to to take a step back and, and go to Getafe, yeah. right? So you know, well, then, you know, you know, they were saying he wasn't even getting paid. That's what I'm to saying. To the point where, where, um, that, that that proves my point, though. It's like if you really, yeah. really want to go to Europe, you'll find a way to make it out there. Either if it means like like you mentioned, not even getting paid or paying half your claws. Like look at uh, Luis Chavez, right? He's in freaking Russia. He was having to <laughs> pay, pay his release clause. Uh, well, um, you, your uh, your audio is kind of like choppy. Choppy. I think uh, you might be too far. No, I got. I have it next to me. Oh, okay. All right, let me just. Yeah, you sound better now. Okay. Well, no, we had like the example of um, uh, uh I'm forgetting his name, Orbelin, and they were going to Greece. I don't think they're really paying him what he could be making. Uh-huh. Uh, and same with same with Pizarro. He leaves leaves MLS. They let just let him go, and he could have he could have returned to Max, you know. And he he saw that opportunity finally came and he. he... Yeah. Exactly. just one of those things if you really want to go to Europe you'll find a way you'll take a paycheck cut you'll buy out your own release clause like there's ways to get out there to Europe if you really want to go and if you're good enough you'll get the offers that the clubs are seeking I know there are some ridiculous expectations sometimes and you might not be able to to get that chance to go but Man, I think it just comes down to mindset. It also comes down to just making sure that you have a a legitimate contract where you have those clauses in place. But I think everyone likes to look the other way based on how much money they're paying and how much teams are willing to to throw at you. 
with other results in Liga MX, Atlas and Santos, uh, sorry, Atlas and Leon just finished up. They tied 1-1. It was a ma- uh, um, one of those uh, makeup games. So Leon and, and uh, Atlas tied 1-1. Uh, tomorrow, Rayados and Tijuana will play, and also Juarez and San Luis. As far as the results over the weekend, Mazatlan took care of business 3-1 over Atlas. Juarez lost to Pachuca, and Chivas had a piece of that Super Camote. They won 2-0 thanks to a penalty kick by Piojo Alvarado. And an incredible Chilena by Ronaldo Cisneros, who, I'll be honest, man, this kid, I had my my doubts about him. He traveled to, I think, Atlanta and didn't do anything, came back to Chivas with the tail be- between his legs. But Baunovic has, uh, has put some faith in him, and he came in as a sub and, and scored a golazo. So happy for Ronaldo Cisneros. Yeah, this is when they brought in like three youth. Correct. Toward the end of like the Higuera. The Higuera regime. Yeah, he, he was at he was at Santos and then he joined uh Chivas. Yeah, and he was the coach. They see they might see something in you and you know, they'll, they'll put you in the system and, and some might just be like, for whatever reason, they're just, you're trash. You know, happens to teach with, with Moyes and with um, Van Gaal. Mm-hmm. And, and I, was, I remember that, that one season, right? He, he's going Oh, uh, you're cutting out again, Hoel. I don't... I have the phone next to me. Yeah. Um, is it still cutting off? No. Yeah, and then remember, he, he he goes to Germany and he scores like 18 goals. He he had more yep. goals than Man U. Yeah. <laughs> so, this is, you know, at times it could just be the culture of the sport, which it just shows how difficult it could be to make hey, it dude. in the sport. Cause, this... This is a, a universal truth. If your manager doesn't rate you, they'll find a way to get rid of you. And people leave managers, not jobs. And and that's the truth. That is the truth. It happens in careers and it happens in sports. If you're just not gelling with the manager, if a manager doesn't like you or doesn't have a use for you, then you're going to be having a bad time. And somebody else can get to, can get way more out of you but it's that belief in you, you know. It, there, there's some managers that can get a lot out of players that other managers wouldn't rate, and yeah, happy with River Plate with Gallardo. He was that type of manager that he got players to overperform, and a lot of them went abroad and didn't, he couldn't hack it, you know, like not how to expect it. Yeah, for sure. We'll 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 go back to Chios in a, in a second. Want to go over some of these other results, Leon? Well, just just one quick example. How you were saying the manager not rating you, uh-huh. and you could be very talented. But I'm both with Van Gogh again, and 
he just didn't like Riquelme. Yeah. And that guy, you know, in his prime, he was, he was one of the best players in the world. And that guy couldn't get a break. <laughs> it was just, at least with the coach. Right. Yeah, just Riquelme, like, imagine not figuring out how to use him. Same thing with uh, Di Maria. I almost forgot that he went to Manchester United, but he did. And he, <laughs> it just didn't work out. He, he hated that place, and and yeah, they just couldn't get. You know, I remember also Forlan. You know, he was at Manchester United, and Fergie couldn't figure him out, man. Same thing with uh, Veron. He went to Manchester United. It's just like some of these dudes are really talented, but they just don't fit into your schematics. Uh, so Leon took care of business over Toluca 1-0 and then a, an incredible entertaining match between America and Santos. I feel like they always have great matches. Ended up becoming a, a 4-3 back and forth, um, you know, entertaining entertaining match there. And uh, yeah, that was probably the best game of, of the weekend. What is it with like Santos and America? They have like an interesting relationship because I feel like a lot of great players at Santos end up playing for America. It's like they have some kind of truce. They're still going to have it after uh, Orlegi got booted from the national team. <laughs> Unserious. Uh, I can see the word unceremony. Yeah. Um, but you're right. You're right. Through the years, they, um, they've been one of the teams that has fed America some pretty good players. Yeah, it's like they're also being one of the it's like ones. Their, their sister club, Voso as well. Uh, Querétaro beat Tijuana one nil. Tigres beat Cruz Azul two one, and Pumas at the last minute lost to Rayados at home, one zero. I don't know if you saw Turco Mohamed's shirt. It was pretty baller. With the <laughs> Virgen de Guadalupe. It was like those shirts they said to Swami. <laughs> they're next to those half and half national team yeah. shirts half US half Mex yeah <laughs> yes. yeah uh, that, that was an interesting kit and then yeah, the controversial match over there San Luis versus Necaxa 4-0 did you see the own goal Joel yes. Oh, you cut out there. Am I still cutting out? There you go. Another thing that the back, the back pass to the goalkeeper, like yeah, that's a no-no, dude. You, that's a big no-no. You never pass it. You never pass it straight back. You pass it and just put it as far as you can to the other side. Um, but you don't. And he, not only did he did a back pass, he did a lot. <laughs> he did yeah. a lot of it. You see the uh, the goalkeeper trying to head it. He he got close, dude. That's, that's a good hop. Yeah, it was bad. You know, this kid. It was his debut, and he comes in, and he he, he you know it was a it was supposed to go to his goalkeeper, but this is stuff that you should know. Like in first grade, you know, you if you ever pass the ball back to the goalkeeper, number one, keep it on the fucking ground. Like, you're not going to lob it to your goalkeeper, dude. He can't use his hands. Number two, 
aim away like slightly to the left or to the right of the goal. So in case he does mess up or it's a bad, it doesn't go into the back of the net. So, uh, you know, whoever his entire life, every coach has failed him because this is like one-on-one shit, dude. It's like when you mess up a free, uh, uh, a throw in, it's like, dude, has no one taught you how to take a, a throw in. This is something you do every day when you're like, you know, starting the, the basics of football. Yeah, basically well, when I was just starting to play and you know these like amateur teams, but it was you and I remember I got my ass chewed by the coach. So they did, did a back pass. It was on the floor, it was you know, it's on the ground, but you know, as soon as the keeper kicked it out, man, they, they chewed my ass off. Learned there to do it again. And uh, I think this guy was stuck in cascarita mode with this. <laughs> Anytime I see something like that, uh, you know, I always have to think, was that intentional? Was there some match fixing going on? Because Nick Nick Axa scored two own goals. Damn. So, (laughs) you know, he was going to like sell out. I hope he did it for a lot of money. <laughs> this is first match, you know. Um, I'm, I'm trying to find out who's Nekaxa's coach, and he's still están teniendo la cama, you know. Yeah, and I don't think a rookie would do that, though. Man. I don't think just speaking to play. I think you, know, you could just kill your whole career at that point. Eduardo Fentanes. I don't even know who that is. Same dude, I never heard of that guy. Looks like Probably he Argentine was. Uh, he was always an assistant. He was Mexico's assistant in 2008. He was Chivas's assistant in 2012. Okay. And looks like he was coaching San- Santos before this. Huh. Oh, he assisted Sven Goran Eriksson. Tells you everything you need to know about this guy. Oh, <laughs> uh, you cut out there, Hood. Yeah, he was assistant coach to Sven. Yeah, yeah, few there. What was this dude's name? I um wanted to go back to the Chivas discussion. Joel, how, how do you feel about how they handled the Alexis Vega, Chicote Calderon situation? You know, they publicly went on record saying, hey, these guys have been removed from the first team. And then they decided to forgive them. Uh, you know, should they have even made any of this public? Should have they just kept it internally and private? Yeah, yeah they jumped the gun. Uh, but I heard two stories. One was that Bono decided to give them And then the other story was that these guys had a pretty 
strong contract binding that you know, prohibit us from just uh well sorry man you keep um you sound like uh very uh like the the audio's not that good damn yeah like it's still bad sounds like auto-tune at times shit okay <laughs> let me reboot sure let me reboot is it bad right now it sounds it sounds fine when you talk but then it'll like start sounding choppy oh well, just real quick, saying that the conflicting stories, I don't know if you heard of them, about uh, forgiving them. Uh-huh. And the second one, that the, that the contracts were pretty pretty tight, sealed contracts, where the oh. club can just dispose of them. And either or it could be true. Yeah. Uh, we will find out, though, eventually. It could be five years from now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and one of these podcasts, um, where they... It doesn't matter anymore. You know, Joel, what this reminds me of? I don't know if you ever watched the show The Office, but yeah, I have. There, it was in the later seasons where the guy Gabe, like the skinny, awkward, you know, beta manager that they had, he's like, <laughs> "I'm gonna suspend you without pay," and then you know he he realizes that he can't do that, and then you know Jim and Pan re- realize that he doesn't have the power to do that. So then they just go home and then they're like, Hey, did they just go home with pay? And they're like, no, he's like, uh, you know, like he, I think Paunovic realized he didn't realize that, uh, if he was to, you know, do that, they would have to pay out the rest of their contract. And I think that's where he had to like, yeah, just take the L. (laughs) But you know, it's, 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 it's just one of those things where ah, Chivas need better PR. Number one, like these stories cannot be getting leaked out. They need to have like I'm sure all the other clubs in Mexico have these type of things that happen, but they just have better PR. And I don't know, man. Maybe they they try to cheapen it. Maybe it's like someone's nephew that they hired for the PR, and they realize like they could save money there. But you need to have dude, as yeah exactly as you know a, a team as big as as Chivas and all the followers they have and and what it means like you need to have world class PR you know that's just number one number two I think all of this could have just been held privately like oh you know um if the press starts asking, hey, like, what's go- what's going on with Vega and Chicote? We haven't seen him in the last couple games. You know, just, oh, hey, they're they're dealing with some personal things. Like, they'll be re- reincorporated with the team yeah. at, at a later time, and and not even not even say, hey, we've 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 pulled them aside because they've been bad bad boys. Because then it's like, dude, you you give the press and you give everybody else the opportunity to speculate and start to cause all this drama. That I mean. They they have to see this stuff. It has to affect them, right? So I just think it was a bad call to begin with. Eventually, it blows over too, where the media moves on to something else, and then no one's no one's talking about it anymore. Like even with Manchester United, right? They've been dealing with a lot of a lot of th- drama, you know, with like a couple of players having domestic violence and domestic abuse. But they don't actually go into the details. They don't, you know, they just say, hey, like pending investigation, we're, you know, we're, we're doing this. It's like, that's it. You just keep it super, super short. 
and 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 you handle it internally. You don't have to explain your thought process. You don't have to explain in details what they did. You just say, hey, like this is happening, and they'll get re reincorporated with the team at a later time. Like that's it. You know, you don't have to go and say there was hookers and you know, it's like, dude, like you don't have to tell us that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, you're right, dude. You're right. It's it's been and, bad. And now that they've been out, Chivas have been winning again. So what do you do now? Like, what do you do? I I keep them out. Yeah. Uh, if you know, eventually, if these guys start seeing the team doing well and, and they really want to be a part of the success, then they're gonna have to hustle and and. And work hard to to win win back that the place in the first team, um, and that's something that I feel has been lacking with Chivas, just because it's a team that doesn't have a lot of depth. So you could relax as a first team player, then you don't have that many players trying to knock you down. Mm -hmm. So if you like Alexis, man, Alexis, as soon as he got his massive contract, he just like deflated. Hell yeah. He, he hasn't been able to perform, you know, because he's the highest paid player, you know, national team. Everything was called to be the star player, the, the, the key player, and he, he just hasn't been able to do that. As soon as he got that contract. He just, as soon as he signed that deal, bro. <laughs> uh, yeah. And his contract doesn't expire till next year, uh, June. Uh, meanwhile, Chicote, he's done after the, after this season. So, if you have to sit him, let him rot on the bench for the rest of, of this season, uh, uh, and then maybe you try to give Alexis another run to, you know, try to get some money off of him. Um, but we'll, I don't know. I think both of those players will be departing Chivas eventually. Um, they have a match against Tigres on Saturday, which should be good. Yeah, that should be a really good match. But. The team's doing better without him. Like, what is there to say? You know, it's it's true. <laughs> well, yeah, keep keep him out, and hopefully that motivates them to to step up their game. Like, you know, you're a bum when Isaac Brizuela, bro, is 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 balling out on your on you on your position. Like Brizuela's been solid since uh, Vega got pulled out. He's been a starter and he's he's been carrying the team and he's he's been at Chivas for a decade. It feels like he's been there a long time. And yeah, yeah, I always like Brizuela, but I feel like they're always moving him around. Yeah, he's like expendable. They didn't know where to put him when they you know when they got Vega and all these other players. He kind of lost like the depth chart, but. Now that uh you know Vega's not there, he's been stepping up. You've had Yalpadia and Brigido step up, so I I like this energy. I like this team without Vega and without Chicote. Honestly, it's it's been a breath of fresh air. The, the, everyone that's in there is bought in. They're gelling, 
and almost by it's almost like addition by subtraction you know you got rid of two party animals to uh locker room problems and now you have players that are bought in and and ready to to fight for every game so i i hope i don't see them against tigres i i rather just leave them leave them rot on the bench or send them to the stands i'm all for that Co-sign, Jaime. I'm a co-sign on that. <clears throat> Santi Jimenez will have his debut in Champions League against Lazio tomorrow. Um, you know, I've been talking shit this whole time. Unfortunately, uh, Habibi, the number one fan, isn't here tonight. But we'll see how he does against Lazio. This is not, uh, you know, your typical Dutch league defending. So I'm very curious to see how how he does. Yeah, and I wish him well, despite not liking his comments. I, I want him to do good. <laughs> as long as he, he don't he don't look like Messi on that one that one video. <laughs> Messi's just <laughs> chilling, bro. And you know the you know the thing about Messi is like <laughs> he can get away with doing that, walking most of the game, because all he needs is one chance and he'll put it away. Yeah. And he's very effective. I caught him against uh, Peru. They played uh, uh, qualifiers during the international break. And this yeah. dude this dude's doing the same thing. He's just walking around. He gets one ball and he puts it <laughs> in the back of the net. Like It's like, dude, this guy is so good. He can just like go on autopilot and still win matches. That was that was Valderrama. I got to see him play. Obviously, when he came to the MLS. He was with, uh, I think, the Mutinies, Tampa Bay. Fusion, no? Uh, or? Oh, or the Fusion, my, or the, one of those, my, one of the, one of the, one of those teams, do, do they even exist oh, anymore? Oh, no, yeah, you're right. You was, it was the Mutiny. <laughs> yeah, that was the first team, and then I think the Fusion came. I think Miami then, Fusion, right, was the other team? Did yeah. They both, did they both disappear? <laughs> of course they did, bro. Al Pastor's not here. He's our, he's our MLS guru. He knows they, all things. They were founded in '94 and dissolved in 2002. Oh damn! Yeah. So, but I mean, I got to see him play, uh, and I remember most of the time he would just be walking around. But when he did get the ball, he, you know, his passing was just superb. Hmm. It's just when you're that good, dude, you can just turn it on, turn it off whenever you want. We'll see how he, how he does tomorrow in Champions League. You know, Chucky played today. Uh, they tied against Lens 1-1. But, uh, you know, it's just sad. You know, I used to get excited about Champions League because we would have Mexicans there. You know, Porto at one point had like five Mexicans. <laughs> you know, we had Chicharito when he was at both Manchester and Leverkusen. You know, and now it's like, who's playing champions, dude? Like, almost nobody. Chucky and PSV, and then, you know, you have Santi Jimenez at Feyenoord. So, that's that's about it. I know Guardado's uh, at Betis, but I think Betis plays in Europa League. They don't they don't qualify for for Champions League. So, Ooh. yeah, it is what it is. 
trying to see if there's anything else I missed with Liga Mekis this weekend. Kind of soccer related, but how do you feel about David Ficuson joining Televisa? It's like, it's like weird, right? Yeah, a bit, a bit surprised. He kind of built his career talking shit. Um, but not too surprised. I mean, Televisa's always had that, that sway, you know. And they have pretty much um, control of the national team. So he could be like pretty much have access to to all of that, to the national team, to to getting the interviews or to having a lot of the the stories or the news first. Not that he needs that, but you know, that's that just it's massive to have that to have that pool now. Yeah. It's just weird, you know, it's like I, his whole career he was at what like the anti uh, yeah. yeah. Azteca, yeah, where it was, it was um that was kind of like the anti you know, and, and they did like a disservice because a lot a lot of the stuff it just created like and then like like where with the fans where they vilify things without truly understanding them. And it was just made, it was made for these reasons, for ratings and whatnot, um, which kind of stopped along a while back where the, you know, you know, you didn't have that Televisora war anymore. Um, they were now sharing streams and whatnot, or crossing streams, however you want, Jaime. Um, but, it, it, you know, that, that kind of, that beef sort of went away, but kind of were able to keep it um, Jose Ramon moving into um, ESPN. And so now it was like from a different, you know, from a different spot where they kind of were able to continue some of that. Mm. But yeah, with, with Vitus and now there, it's, it's kind of, you kind of, they won. <laughs> it's like, it's like they won the fight. Speaking about winning the fights, we have our number one fan here, Ricardo, joining us tonight. Welcome, Ricardo. And what a fight they had against Santos the other day. I was talking about earlier on the pod. Ricardo, feel free to speak up and give us your perspective of that match. How's it, <clears throat> how's it going, gentlemen? We're doing good, man. Welcome, welcome. Thank you for having me on once again. Like you mentioned, it was an epic game. And as usual, America comes out on top. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like you lost your voice screaming all the goals, man. No, it was my Astros, man. My Astros. They let me Ooh. down. I porked. Getting your shit pushed <laughs> in by the Rangers, bruh. Oh, yeah. Nah, I'm, I'm used to it, man. I'm, I was there in 2005 <laughs> when they got swept. I'm used this is all new. This the success is all new to me because my entire life they've been garbage. But it had to end eventually. Adolis Garcia is your daddy. For now, yes. But 
you guys, uh, the what were you guys talking about? I overheard Feitelson being mentioned. Him finally bending yeah. the knee. Yeah, that's crazy. Yes. Goes it goes to show you everyone has a price, man. Everybody does have a price. You know who doesn't have a price? Santa Jimenez, who publicly said he would never play for a Club America. Uh, um, let me get my tissue box. I'm over here crying. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised he said that because didn't his dad play there? Like his dad played there and he couldn't cut it. Nah, he he really didn't get a chance like that. But I'm just hating. But yeah, he played at America for for one season, I believe. I feel like you never know where you're going to end up and Santa Jimenez's career. He might have to revisit that statement at a later time and regret saying it publicly. Maybe, but now, now, nowadays with all these teams, all the MLS popping up and Monterrey and Tigres, he has options, especially with all the fake the Chemo fake news consumers, like, I don't want to mention them because <laughs> Yeah, we need to have a moment of silence for Cruz Azul fans. It sounds like uh, Diego Coca might be a candidate to, to coach them. Yikes. He's a good coach, though. He's a good coach, Jaime. Yeah, he's so good. He lasted, what, three months in Mexico? I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, because he lost one game, you know. Uh, man. And, and the Mets fans have been already been they've been taught to get all butt hurt over losing to the U.S. It's, it's like a crime now. Um, but he, I think he's a really good coach. I think with the national team, I don't think he was doing that bad. Um, he wasn't playing the way we would want the team to play, but. Uh, don't be surprised, man. Don't be surprised if he, he gets Cruz Azul to turn their fortunes around. Goes to show, if you want job security, just coach in Mexico, dude. There will always be something lined up for you. But, I mean, he he has his doblete at, at Atlas. Do you mean that, that doesn't count anymore? Every, I think, like, it's impossible to recover after you fail in the national team. Ah. Uh, like which coach? Which coach, like, recovered from from the national team after getting like you know you talk about fracasos like Hugo Sanchez, Ojitos Mesa, Sven Goran Eriksson. Oh, Ojitos Mesa, it did take him a long time, but I think it was Ojitos because he had just had to, to me Ojitos was the big the, the big tragedy because he was a he was the coach of Toros Mesa which was just one of the best clubs to watch. Uh, it was a small club, but they were playing like a the equipo grande. Uh, they crashed in the final, uh, which he was with like 5-0. Uh, but, but still, it was just a wonderful team. And then what he did at Toluca, which is very impressive. And then he gets the national team, and people are expecting the national team to, to be a copy of that. And it was the opposite, man. Mike got dragged. Um, people talk about dark ages. They need to revisit the Ojitos era, man. It was just the results, man. It was just hard to follow. And so, so I think he's the only coach like, with the Sudamericana. 
I yeah, wouldn't say yeah. he's a complete no, no, flop. No, I'm not calling him a flop. I was saying the, the tragedy of how he he was at the top and then his whole thing with the national team was a fracaso. Like, like, you know, it was just horrible. Um, did he win? I'm guessing he did. He wins it after the national team, right? After After he got booted? After he gets booted, he ends up coaching Atlas. And then Cruz Azul, Toluca, Pachuca, where he won the Copa Sudamericana. Pachuca. So, so, so it took him, you know, it took him a while. Like you mentioned, it took him about you know, six, seven years to recover from his fracaso. I wrote, I, wrote an, I wrote an article about that because I, I did write about that when he won it. I just forgotten, dude. If if uh, you guys don't mention it, I would have not. I would have not remembered. But I remember writing about, you know, just how long it took him to recover. Um, but I I just think the big part was just what he happened to do at those two clubs, which is like not an easy thing to do, man. Very easy to see coaches have team playing at that at that level, you know, being that that good um you could say a lot of things lined up where he just had very talented teams because Toros Mesa dude they the players they had like Pony Reese and and um Turco and you know all of those guys were just very very talented same at Toluca that Pachuca team was fucking stacked man like in the Sudamericana one. I forgot who was on that team. It was uh I'm forgetting that Argentine's name that ended up at Tigres. He's a Oh always... and, um the Chilindina? Was it him? I'm forgetting, man. I know they had uh what's his name? That guy that got fired from uh Bravos, he was there too, and so was Santi's dad. I remember it being a good team, man. Yeah. Hey, but but going back to what's his name? Uh, Coke, uh, Diet Coke, Coca. <laughs> That's a good one. You, oh, you said that his his he has to be campeonato, yes. But everyone was saying the same thing about Tuca when he got to Cruz Azul that he was gonna come and fix things, impose his style, and mm-hmm. that but it, was, it didn't work. But tell me how. But, no, but I'm not blaming Tuca so much, but the, their it's a their front office or whatever you want to call it, they're, they're yeah. a shit show, man. They're just not going to get the players the coach wants, and it's going to leak in the media, and it's going to be another novella for them. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think... I still think he's a good coach, you know? I, I think that it was messed up what happened with the national team because... It, to me, it was like a shit show from from the beginning, with the whole announcing the the national team committee, and it was fake. You know, it was never really meant to be anything serious. Um, then the committee never really, really named the coach. It was just it was really Orlegi that had been giving the reins, and Orlegi put in his people, and then it was pretty much from the start. Just you know, negative vibes, but I um, it was just all negativity, and then uh, 
because they lose that game to the U.S. where the team just looked like they, they looked like they weren't even trying, to be honest. To me, it looked like they were just half-assing it. And within that, that defeat just pretty much, you know, buried the coach. They tucked them in? I, I, can, I completely feel that way. Uh, I think, uh, I don't think, you know what, I, I, I don't think it's what the national team needed. I do feel they need someone more like Jimmy. That's just how these Mexican players are. They need someone that they could vibe with or they kind of like, you know, feel comfortable around. And this dude seemed to be very like strict and and they just didn't like it. Dude, I'm reading the reports and I'm like, how the fuck is this news? Um, like, like it's, it felt embarrassing. Like all the players didn't like that. They're two hours away from the shopping center. I'm like, <laughs> dude, you're, you're there to play, not to fucking, you know, you're not on an outing. Um, and that the trainings were too long. And I'm like, why is this being reported? To me, it's making the players look bad. Uh, but somehow it it made the coach look bad because now he's this tyrant. But um, um, I, I, I don't think just he would have been able to win the locker room uh, unless he would have, without like doing something like getting maybe like the leggy people in there and then that, that alone would have just caused problems. You know, then you would have a very divided, you know, uh, national team. So I, but I, um, yeah, so I just think it was, it was a mistake putting them from the start. And from what, for after, after the smoke cleared, it, it kind of, it's kind of suspicious to me because some people, I mean, some reporters and even Coca has implied that he was kind of forced to take the national team job. Really? Mm-hmm. From by uh, leaving, forcing they they forced him to leave Tigres and take that job. Huh. Interesting. And and you're mentioning the Cruz Azul thing, and right after he got fired, he was in. I remember calling in and telling you guys that he was linked to the Cruz Azul job. Well, and you know, you know, it's, uh, I'm glad you brought up Tigres because. If I'm Coca, yeah, I'm not taking the national team. You, you, your yeah. Adidas is like one of the one of the best jobs you could have. Why would you? Um, you're gonna have like one of the strongest. Well, especially if you're Argentine and coming off of the World Cup that just happened, <laughs> like they throw you into a burning a, a burning building with a wet brick. You, that was just, yeah. I, I you know what? I, 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 I'm willing to believe that that. They just use them as as wicker man, dude. Sacrifice him. Yeah, it was strange. He was just getting sailed in over that Tigres. You know, free reign, unlimited checkbook, blank checkbook. And, you know, to do that, <laughs> to, to go from that to coaching the national team, it was kind of like a heel turn, like, huh? And everybody yeah. everybody was upset. Tigres were upset. You know, every, the fans were upset. It's like, it was just a bad move. <laughs> Yeah, I remember an argument back then I remember I was telling you if I'm Coca, the only way I go to the NAT team is if they give me a four-year contract and if they sack me after Gold Cup or before, I'm still, I, I got my money, dude. Because uh, there's no way I leave Tigres. That's one of the highest paying jobs. And one of the, you know, if you could get to Tigres and, and kind of emulate what Tuca did 
and be there like a good 10 years, that's, man, you have a solid career there. You you know, you're driving around Monterrey in your Ferrari, you're sleeping in a bed where it's for the dollar bills. It's just good life, man. When you said that, I just pictured Duca like in that Scarface scene. When he's uh, with Manolo's with that blonde, when he answers the phone call, is it? that <laughs> blonde girl, where he has the mountain of cocaine. Oh, I don't know about that. I was, <laughs> I was thinking about the other scene. Hey, Manolo, it's been, Manolo, it's been, it's been a while. Just up with his sister. No, his yeah, his, his his best friend, the one he killed. Yeah. All right. So, Ricardo, how does it feel? You know, first place, 30 points, 13 matches. Are you not concerned about the super leader curse? Always concerned because it, the, the America detractors always say wait for Ligia, and they have a point, obviously. I mean, they got eliminated in the last two Ligias that way. But... <clears throat> I just feel if they don't, it's if they don't overthink it, and uh, they just do what they have to do. I think, I mean, people make a big uh, deal about the defense, but their offense, there isn't anyone in the league that can score like them. They could win games four three, three two, or. It'll always be high-scoring games, and they can get away with that, in my opinion. But it's, all you need to do is have a mistake, just like against Toluca with uh, Coladera. He he he's scared to jump up for the ball, and he closes his eyes, and the ball goes in the net, and they just uh, bunker ball on you, and they'll shut it. They'll shut the game down, and it's harder to score when the other team doesn't try to play. You always have to worry about that. I feel like uh, Igor was a good reinforcement for y'all. Oh, I've seen online that people were hating on that. And I remember when he was at Necaxa, man, I always thought he was a good player. He you? just happened to be on Tigres, which is all. They just stack every every position they have, man. You see, now they even, they, they've been buying players left or right. Hole mentioned uh, Coca not wanting to leave like having that job, I mean, who wouldn't want to have that job? That every year they they reinforce every position, man. You, you see, they got uh, oh, my guy Oziel Herrera. Dude, they have. Uh, I forgot they have Marcelo Flores. <laughs> man, he looks like a little kid out on that field, man. I can't even take him serious. <laughs> He's like the little mascot. <laughs> he's the he's like you know in baseball the bat boy. He's the bat boy. He's the bat boy. He's like the Nintendo the Wii. He's he's I'm just the guy that cleans the everyone's the boots. The Wii Sports. You go to a lobby and then you have like these little dudes walking around. <laughs> little dudes. And then you you know, I don't really have one. I'll go to my friend's house. But yeah, you have like a lobby. Yeah, the little me. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. The little me. Yeah, he's a <laughs> And little you could customize him, and they would just be white, and he would 
uh, my friend would customize for like the people he knew. So it's just trippy watching them because yeah, you could tell who who you could tell who it was, uh, just because of a hat or a beard. <laughs> it's kind of yeah. kind of was really reminding me one of those. Let me uh, go off the table right now. So America first place, 30 points. Tigres in second with 25. San Luis in third with 22. Pumas in fourth with 21. Chivas in fifth with 21. And Monterrey with 20 in sixth position. These, If the table was to stay like this, all six of them would have a pass to the Ligia. And then for the play-in, you have Leon in seventh, Toluca in eighth, Tijuana in ninth, and Atlas in tenth. So those... It's no longer to 12, Jaime? No, you have top six and then two play-ins. Yeah. Isn't it seven and eight play and nine and ten play? Correct. And the winner between both of them get to, uh, have to play each other? I actually I don't know about that. That's interesting. I might have been misinformed. I thought I I heard someone say that. I have no idea. I would assume that like the winner of 7 versus 8 would play the team that's in second place and then 9 versus 10 the winner of that would play America. I'm still not told in Liguilla, man. I, to me it should be the end of the season. The team with the most points, automatic champion, and then the top eight could then qualify to like it could be the the league cup. You know what I mean? And then that could they just need to evaluate where it becomes prestigious because I feel that you know they tend to in max devalue their own tournaments. Um, but I think that they they should have two or three tournaments. Where the league itself and, and the media and everyone, they make them into, you know, sort of like what you see in England with, 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 with their cups. And it's like, you don't need someone else to come in and tell you they're good. They, they make them good themselves. Cause, and then the fans start, you know, valuing them as well as part of like, Liga MX has like mistreated the, the cup where they've like, put it in the back burner for years and then they bring it back and then they have all these like weird, you know, they keep changing the way it's played, the weird formats. I just, I want Copa um, Mekis back, you know? I, I liked I liked it when they, when they cross-pollinated with the Liga de Expansión, you know? Those matches were entertaining. Yeah, it, it was fun. But I'm saying, I would, I would just do the, you know, as a cup and if you want like a cup, like, where you could play in the kind of like they have in England, right? Which is, is that the FA Cup? The Carabao Cup. Like the, one? Yeah, they have well, the... the one with, with it's like the fifth division, like you'll have like a fourth That's... division team sometimes get all the way and get to play a, a first division. Yeah, so you they know? have the um, the English League Cup and then they have the FA Cup. Yeah. There so, you go. So they have... And so the FA is all the... It, it's all their... The FA covers all of the, all of the divisions. Oh, yeah. Dude, you could have the same. you could have the same shit in Max. I don't know why. It just, it just seems I, like I, dis- I completely disagree with you, man. This is what gives Mexico its mystique. Is what makes it unique. I'm with you with everything else. The Copa Mex. You mean the Liguilla? 
what the league is. I mean, they, they would still have Liga. They would, they would just do it for the cup, for the cup but, tournament. But the point system, the only, you, you mentioned England, is literally the only league in the world that does that right. That, that makes it exciting, I mean. La Liga, who gives a shit about La Liga, France, the yeah. Haystack the League, the Dutch Fisherman League. No one cares. Like, all German, those leagues German are always Bayern. Yeah. They're always Bayern. Bundesliga is so boring, man. Liga MX has a good thing for itself. It just needs to do it right. But that makes too much sense for the, for the Liga MX. What would, uh, what would doing it right look like, though? The Ligia, having it the top um top eight, top eight having a having a cup, uh, Copa MX, and if you want to add another cup, if you want to squeeze in, it obviously the South American tournaments out of the table. But if you wanted to squeeze in that crap that crap leagues cup, I think you could possibly do that. You mean like the one with MLS, or what? Well, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going off what they what they want to do. Oh, I, well, see. I know they don't want. I, I know they don't want to do Copa MX, but in an for if you if I was the owner of some of of a team, I would propose something like that. Keep the league up, just top eight. Copa MX was nice, and if you have to have a bullshit cup with the MLS, just spread it, spread out the league's cup. I agree. Yeah, they shouldn't try to do the League's Cup in, like, one entire, like, month. They should just spread it out throughout the season, kind of like they do Champions League, right? Like, you have, yeah. your, you have your group stage, you get to play at home, and then on the road, and then you do it that way. Like, I don't understand why they were trying to do it all in one month. I think that that was kind of stupid. But, could, uh, could you, do you guys honestly, like, because uh, uh, aside from the Premier League, the their, the way their league is structured, the the point system, like the like every other league, like I said, uh, aside from them, uh, do you guys really keep in touch with uh, any other league like that? You know, I was trying to watch Barcelona. Oh, you know, there was nothing on at the time. I think the Pumas game had just wrapped up, and I, I I did tune into the Barcelona match, and you know, like one thing that that was very depressing to me is the fact that. Bro, they, <laughs> Xavi had nothing but, like, teenagers out there, dog. They had this one kid who's, like, 16. And then they had this one kid who made his debut at 17. And he scored within the first minute of him coming on. I'm like, meanwhile, we got fucking 30, 40-year-olds in Liga Mekis, dude. I'm like, damn, dude. That's that's so sad. Hey, but those guys, they'll never be what they were before. Their their golden age or or their their uh, Barcelona, yeah, they'll never be what 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 they were with when Messi and all those guys were there. They really fucked well, up. Hard, well, well, that's hard to replicate, though, man. To have the players like Messi or or man, a lot of people. <laughs> One well, trying to say they're difficult to come by, and then I'm thinking they had Maradona and they had Ronaldo. I don't, I don't know. No, no. I don't know what they have over there. I get, they keep but, getting those players. I, I can't even make my point anymore. But no, uh, it's right. still there. But I just, I know, but what do you do? What are the well, what are the fucking odds you end up with those three players? Seriously, what? 
true, true. But a lot of pe- a lot of their fans and the media over there and here still think they can they they it's just like a bad spell in Barcelona. No, this is well, this they, is they're the new fans. Yeah, a lot of these are the newer fans that came in during the whole, you know, during that whole team. So those are like Ravioli. He still thinks so. He still thinks Barcelona and Real Madrid is like a thing. Just him and the Chinese in the U.S. (laughs) Because it was still massive, but I mean, yeah, not like before, man. Yeah. So Lamin Yamal is 16 years old. And then the guy who scored the game-winning goal is um, where is he? Where is he? Where is he? Mark Gui, and that kid is uh, seventeen. So uh, you know, if Barcelona continues to do, you know, I I don't think they're they're ever gonna be like that golden era where it was like Messi, Xavi, Busquets, da- and Dani Alves. Like that that shit's long gone. That was like once in a century type of shit. But if they end up going in this direction where they're just playing a bunch of uh, youngsters, then, you know, I guess that's, that's good for them. But, uh, yeah, you know, it just goes to show, like, the mentality and culture that we have in Mexico, dude. We we coddle. We're, 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 we're too, like, comfortable, man. These guys are debuting and playing on their national team at, like, teenagers. Like, we don't see that shit here. It's it's rare. It's just more rare. Um, I think Medina debuted at seventeen. Alberto Medina with Chivas in seventeen when he got his start. Um, I think. Uh, was the last time? When's the last time we had a teenager like play in the World Cup, dude? Like Guardado. Yeah. Uh, how old was he? Like 18? 19, man, wasn't it? 19. Even then, that's not that uncommon. With the Jerry, with the Jerry Curl juice bouncing all over the place. <laughs> the soul glow. <laughs> yeah. Hey, but the, I'd like to comment on the title of the pod man santi jimenez hater club oh yeah uh, i see the number the number one of uh, fanboys in here no he's not he's he's ducking he's i was hoping he'd be he'd hop on but you know this whole episode started with with uh Joel getting triggered about santi's comments of clubs in mexico making it difficult for the player to go abroad mm-hmm See the the thing there is that a lot of these fans, from a fan perspective, they're so they're like they're watching other leagues. They see like Real Madrid by uh, what was his name Hazard for like a hundred or eighty or a hundred million, right? And then just let him walk free after his contract's up, right? Like that's like they they need to get their head out of Euroland and. Then that guy, wasn't that guy injured? So he was like damaged goods. Like no one was gonna pay for yeah. a player that like, he retired. Or yeah, so yeah, he, he was. So yeah, no, that's like a big part of it where they took that L, not because they didn't care. 
<laughs> no, for sure. The, the, I was just using his, him as an example. But there's plenty of players that big teams have just let walk free after the their contract is up. But what I'm trying to say is that that doesn't happen in Mexico. You see what's happening with Chivas, with Vega. They're not trying to lose money, uh, just let that bum walk. They're trying to get something <laughs> for him, huh? Yeah. So, like, what is what yeah, is they spend a lot of money? Yeah, and fans are thinking that team that me- that Mexican teams should like, oh, just because you say so, fan, I'm gonna let this guy walk and lose millions, right? Like, they, they, go ahead, go ahead. No, you're right, saying because you brought up the money part, so I just wanted to add to that. But I don't think they understand that, like, just what it costs to operate the team and how a lot of these teams don't have as much money as they believe they do. A lot of the clubs don't even own their stadium. A lot of stadiums are owned by the city. Um, a lot of clubs ended up being, like, losing their value, like León. León was one of the first big clubs in Mexico. They were one of the first. They had the first Campeonissimo. Um, and they ended up getting bought out by Pachuca. Uh, that's like Rayo Vallecano buying Atletico Madrid. <laughs> it's, it's, it's similar it's similar to that because you know Pachuca a small team they call, they call them Ranchuca and all that and, and they get to own Leon which was one of the you know a team that I think their stadium was Roca Venue you know one of the older teams that was one of the most successful teams but they just kind of fell through the wayside because again because of the money you know you end up not not having that much money Atlas doesn't have their stadium. They play Jalisco. Jalisco's not owned by Atlas. They're owned by uh, Clubes Unidos Jalisco, which was like a, a group of clubs. Um, <clears throat> there's not one club that owned it. Same was with Chivas. They just, they, when they, they just, when Vergara, they ended up buying the Omni Life, which to me was a big mistake. Because, I mean, I think that's still keeping the club poor because what it takes to maintain that whole stadium the cost of operation, I think that, that has hurt the club because all that money could have gone to the team. I, I don't care if they would have still been playing at, at Jalisco. Uh, I, I like that stadium. I would rather they were using that money to bring in top players and coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but they went for the stadium and it's costing them. And, and, so you, and you see it kind of across the board where a lot of these teams, some of them ended up like, Morelia was, was, you know, one of the big teams uh, ended up just disappearing. Well, not disappearing, but being their franchise being sort of relegated. Uh, Irapuato was another a big known team. Mm-hmm. I don't even know they're in third division. I don't even know what division they're in. And and you see some of the other teams that were more current that then just kind of disappeared. Uh, Juarez, Veracruz. Veracruz is one of the oldest teams. And it's just... They're kind of gone now because like Guri owns but the city owns the stadium which destroyed they're rebuilding it and they're just gonna bring in a they're gonna bring in another Veracruz. They just can't be they could be pirates or whatever. Blue sharks. Um, yeah, but, <laughs> but but I mean you see that now, you, you see how how a lot of these big clubs have kind of gone by the wayside. And when we see the the big teams, 
they have big corporations that manage them. You know, Televisa, FEMSA, Cemex, uh, Cruz Azul, Cemento Cruz Azul. So then that's the one thing where I, I would try telling my chi hermanos, well, only life is just not at the level of these companies. So it's going to be three times, four times is more difficult to try to compete. Mm-hmm. You really can't, you know, expect Chivas to be lining up a, a super squad every season. Is, they, they just don't have that money. Um, shit, I, I've never even seen uh, Only Life products here. And <laughs> we even sell them here. Um, but that's, that's just kind of what it is. Where they, they, I don't know where they think that these teams have all this money. But they kind of don't. They really don't, really. When you think about it, they don't have that much money. For the most part, they're taking an L. Um, Jaime, I don't know if you remember when they were talking about uh, Santos, the, the Feminil Club, and and they were saying how the money they got from the gate was not enough to cover the lights. For the lights. If they had a night game. Uh-huh. Dude, that just shows, you know, that that just shows how much they're getting, you know, how much they're spending. And so it goes the same with, with youth teams because they'll oh. have youth teams, they'll have like 100 players. Uh-huh. And that's a lot of money, just equipment and food and yeah. coaches. And out of those hundred players, very few are actually going to make it to the first team. Yep. So, man, I mean, you're running all these costs, and if you somehow they you still want once they have a player that can sell for ten million, you want them to sell them for two or five hundred thousand. <laughs> Give them away for free to some bum club just because they're in Europe. I don't. I, I'm like, hey, hey, but he's playing dude, in Europe, dude. man. He's representing you know, Mexico in Europe. I was arguing with some some guys on, on the Reddit Liga MX. They were talking about, and I, to me, it comes across as a, like a lot of fear. They become scared that MLS is overtaking. And they were saying all the prestige that you get from sending players. Prestige. Like, well, think about it. Who who values highly like Uruguay? They send a hundred times as many more players to Europe, and who's valuing the Uruguayan league? <laughs> Do you know, like nobody cares, and, and even like Nigerian league, but they send way more players. Yeah, you know, they got like like a field with potholes and straight dogs running after the ball, and the man of the match gets a gallon of milk. And I'm not even making that up. We actually had a video of that. Um, those leagues aren't aren't seen. It's just the, you know, you see the media, they, they they make this into a talking point, and then a lot of the fans, for one reason or the other, seem to be like scared or something. I, I don't, I, I really don't know how to explain it. You were arguing with a bunch of Jovenes MX Azteca fans. Yep. You could like uh, I remember watching an interview <laughs> with uh, Marin. What's his name? The from Fox Sports that he's at Televisa now. Uh, Andre Marino. Yeah, I think I think, yeah. He was interviewing the like the head honcho from the Colombia Federation. And this was right after the Mexico got out of the Libertadores and South American tournaments. And he's like, Do you miss us, right? It's on YouTube the video. And the the guy pretty much basically said, We're relying on we're we were big time relying on Mexico sending players over there. 
because our 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 entire league is a feeder league. That's how he 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 even said it himself. Jeez. Like we make money selling players. What kind of prestige is the Colombian league gonna have if it's the the even if the damn main guy says it's a feeder league? Like that's all these leagues are. Yeah. Like you like you watch the Uruguay game, you could literally see. Like, uh, I mean, the the Uruguay League on, on, like, Gold TV and all those channels, you can literally see the field, like, the background. It's like a, it looks like a park. Like, the, the houses are, like, <laughs> like, like, it looks really, it looks really You know, those stadiums are, like, wood. They have, like, the wood, um, the wood benches. And then even mm-hmm. the ads up on the thing, they're, they're wood panels. Oh yeah, it'll fall apart like in a thunderstorm. Um, <laughs> I know. Yeah, I can't the the the... No, they're they're just. But, they're but just like very said, they are scared man. though. They're, they're new fans. They're just scared. They've bought into the Euro rhetoric of the USA sending a bunch of their bums over there. Look, look at the 94 squad. Going back to 94, there wasn't even MLS, and the U.S. team had more players in Europe than the, mm-hmm. <laughs> than the Mexico team. They're sending them from college. Yeah, dude, I can't stand that subreddit. Sometimes, like, they <laughs> praise Santi so much. Every goal that he scores, it's, you know, upvoted, like, a thousand times. Then I'm like, dude, like, look at the league he's playing in, and, uh, you know, that shit didn't do he didn't do shit against Germany. It's like, are we just gonna like you know, turn the other way and pretend everything's fine? Like, no, dude, this guy's a flat track bully, like scoring where it really doesn't matter. And you know, I, I hope he, he finds I hope I hope that catapults him to a better club. But I think people just need to calm the fuck down, let him cook, and stop hyping him up so much, dude. It's He's doing an adequate job. That's it. What if he goes to like a, a mid-table, not even a big team, like a mid-table, like Spanish team? Would you st- would you say that even the hype would be warranted for that? I wouldn't. No, I think if you're blowing it up the way you are in Feyenoord's, and we'll see how he does tomorrow against Lazio. If he starts scoring Champions League goals, like. I'd be very disappointed if he doesn't end up in a in a top four club, uh, in you know one of the top leagues, you know whether it be Bundesliga, English league, Spanish league. I would be unimpressed. Oh yeah. We'll see what happens. Hey, did you guys talk about uh, the big Puebla? The big Puebla one for Chivas. <laughs> Super Camote power. We didn't really talk too much about it. You know, I did acknowledge the fact that the team looks great without Vega and Chicote, and Ronaldo scored a golazo. We'll see how they do against Tigres. Oh, they're playing Tigres next. Mm-hmm. That'll be a good one. Yeah, they play Tigres. And I just found out that they actually will not be playing in El Omni Life. They're going to be playing in 
their second home, Jalisco. What's up with that? The weekend, there uh, he's having his concert, so they double booked it. If I was Tigres, I'd file for that automatic win, man. <laughs> Why? Did, did they let the league know ahead of time, or was this was this last minute? Oh, I have no idea. That would, uh, depending on the situation, I think they'd have an argument. Yeah, possibly. But, but from but from what I read, they agreed to it, so it doesn't really matter. No. Yeah, it's just one of those things. I was like, huh? You're going to play in Jalisco? That's fine. You know, when I went to Guadalajara, I, I realized why everyone prefers uh, Jalisco. It's, um, it's closer. It's closer to downtown. A lot closer. And the Chivas still owns part of it, right? Uh, I think that's a question for Joel. I think they do. I think all three teams in Guadalajara own a piece. Wait, for the Clubes Unidos? For the Estadio Jalisco, right? Yeah, it's the Clubes Unidos Jalisco. Um, I don't know if Chivas relinquished their, their spot. Um, I never knew quite sure how that worked. But... Um, let me ask Wiki. It's right here. It's in a it's an association uh, to maintain the stadium. There you go. Yeah, and it's Atlas, Chivas, Ciscafesa, and UDG, Universidad de Guadalajara. Just uh Really? The Negro Lions. Huh. Leones Negros. Um, wait, what's, who's Cafesa? Because I think it was Club Oro, Deportivo. Or they, I think they just called it Jalisco, but it's called Jalisco. Uh, yeah, dude, I don't think this club exists, but whoever must... Wait, do they exist? Isn't it a no, Might be. <laughs> this, this goes way back. Um, so, yeah, this is who... This is not the stadium's own. If I was Chivas, I would have probably like maybe put some money to like spiffy it up, but I, I would not have bought the zombie life. Yeah, that whole thing was a like massive. You, like you mentioned, whole the and Jaime mentioned, like it's a better location, right? They should have just did what like the New York Giants did, the NFL team. They uh, they they hooked up with the New York Jets. And they share the stadium, right? But it's a, okay. it was a brand. It was a brand new stadium. They should have just all pitched in and and like redone the stadium. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah. It would have benefited everyone, especially with the prospect of a third World Cup. Uh, mm-hmm. Jalisco already has two World Cups there. Um, but I, I, I yeah, think it, I think it comes down to an ego, right? Like not having to share the stadium well, with with uh, Atlas. Well, that last, no, but you know, you know, I think it was, I mean, just really quick, um, because this was, it came out, um, 
there was a few articles that came out. I know one was in the Rec Record magazine where it was uh, Vergara detailed his whole plan. With, so he was, he wasn't, he owned the land where the stadium is at and he wanted to create like this whole like, um, and they, they even, they had the, the blueprints for it where you were going to have Chima Stadium, you were going to have, you are going to have like a, a hotel, you were going to have like a mall. Yep. You're going to have like all these, a museum, they're going to have all these venues. And so it was going to be, I think they were trying to make it like a tourist type of place. And then you could just travel there and go see the museum, go see the Chiba game. And there'll be probably good restaurants. And I think that's kind of where his mind was headed. But I think it, he, you know, he, he, uh, he bit on people too because nothing got built, just, just the stadium. And I think when Red Hat Red was like, not even the city was willing to invest to like, um, I think to make more yeah, to a road, to, to, yeah. to develop more of the road. Cause I heard it's, it could be a nightmare going there. It is a nightmare. With, with, with traffic and all you, you've been there, Jaime. I, I want to know, dude, you need to, uh, yeah, I've, I've been there a few times. It's just, you know, it's in Sapopan, so it's it's pretty far from downtown. And, you know, with an Uber or a taxi, yeah, it can take anywhere from, an uh, you know, 30 minutes to an hour just to get there with, with traffic. So it, it's just really far, and there's nothing else there. You know, it's just the stadium in the middle of, like, all this undeveloped land. So I think that's the other thing, too, is, like, you can't even pregame before the game. I mean, they don't get me wrong. Like they do a great job of like having entertainment before the games, but it's all like puestos and stuff. It's not like they have like a like a restaurant or like a bar. You know, when you think of like a ballpark, yeah, here, ballparks here in the states, like some some ballparks are in the heart of the city. And you can just pregame, go you know, go to a few different places, have a bite to eat, drink something, you know, before the game. And that stadium, the way it's designed, is just like there's there's nothing else there compared to. El Jalisco, which I was lucky enough to go uh, in 2013. It was the day before the Super Clásico. Atlas had, was also playing, and they played against León. And that was in El Jalisco. And, you know, getting there was just super easy. You could just walk there. And then there's just so much shit there. You know, there's like tortas ahogadas and birria and, you know, drinks, micheladas. Oh, yeah. So it's just like the el ambiente, el ambiente there is just fucking dope. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it, I think, I think, uh, Vergara not being able to develop that line was a, was a missed opportunity. Yeah. And I think he was expecting like other investors to come in and be like, she was being the main attraction, but I think they just saw the whole, you know, the location and then even the city not willing to, to put money in to help uh -huh. improve the, the transportation. Yup, yup, yup. You you guys were mentioning stadiums, and I seen an article. I mean, it's a smaller team, but I think the Cantina MX audience will, should know something like this. What's that about El Fantasma Suarez? He was mentioning, uh, and this goes into in, partly into that how <clears throat> fans expect owners to sell players or buy players or situations like that. El Fantasma, not only El Fantasma, I heard, I've seen other reporters mention this about how 
Mazatlan is basically owned by like the government, right? With the team. The stadium? I know I mean, the stadium. Yeah, it's, yeah, the stadium. I think the team was owned by the dude. Uh, no, the, yeah, the Azteca um, guy. Alina, yeah. He owns it. Yeah, you're right. He owns the team. But the the government is paying for the the stadium, stadium. and and for the players. Like what? this fucker isn't doing. Yeah. He's not paying for anything. Would, yeah, he Wait, just Ricardo Salinas? Yeah, that scumbag. Yeah. Wow. He he just has the team. He he pretty much just moved Morelia, so he could have. He he needs a team for his crappy TV channel. He needs content for his TV channel. <laughs> This guy is well, trying to invest still in the pizza, Why did you say we're coming to get because you lose money? And so he kind of has a, a, he still owns a part of Andas, I believe. But but majority, I think majority is Grupo Legi. No, he owns Atlas and Santos. He owns part of Grupo Legi. Pliego? Yeah. Well, I didn't know that one. Oh, look, it won't come up on Wikipedia. But look it up, man. It's true. Hmm. Interesting. So you got scumbags like this guy uh, running a team that he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. And people are expecting Mexican players to pop out of, pop out of, out of nowhere, basically, because those guys aren't doing anything. <laughs> yeah, some of these owners are pretty lazy, just... Uh... Collecting checks. And they're broke, man. Well, one thing I really enjoy about the NFL is that they have a code of, they have like a, like a, a it's a, a fat, old, white, rich group of guys. <laughs> like, like if you're not rich enough to buy a team, like I've seen, a, I watch a lot, I, I listen to a couple of NFL podcasts and they always mention uh, how, if, how they vet the owners, right? Like if you're not if you don't have a certain amount of money if you're not worth uh if you're not gonna spend a certain amount of money for a team they don't even consider they don't even have you in consideration. To buy a team. <laughs> that's that's where Liga MX fucked up, man. From the very beginning, they should have had hey, if you don't have a certain amount and you can't provide funds of how much money you have, you you don't belong in this league, man. Take that shit to El Salvador or somewhere. No broke boys. No broke boys. Yeah, they need to have some sort of, uh, you know, how they have ceilings. They need to have a floor, too, like a minimum amount that you have to invest into the team. To, oh, for sure. To maintain your, like, ownership status. Some of these clubs, like, you know, you look at Bornecaxa, man. Like, they're just shit right now. And they have all these, uh, I mean, 50 or 49% of the the club is owned by all these, like, celebrities and stuff. But, yeah, they're in last place. They're washing that money, man. Absolutely. Like, for instance, uh, Vergara, he wouldn't be able to be an owner in the NFL. They'd say, you're, so you sell, you sell, you're a punt, you're, you're, your business is basically a Ponzi scheme. MLM. And, and you sell fat girl drinks. Like, how are you trying to buy a team from us, man? <laughs> well, and he, he bought the franchise and he never like fully bought it. 
because well, Chivas USA not, or Chivas? No, Chivas, because not all of the socios sold. And so there was a big, for years, there was a big lawsuit. And then the socios won. And then it just kept getting extended. But FMS backed them up. They backed up Herrera. Um, must be the reason he, he went with Televisa. I don't know if you remember when he was campaigning, he said, we will not, you know, we will not be with the enemy. And then as soon as <laughs> he takes it's Televisa. Um, but yeah, that whole thing was a mess, dude. And um, I don't even know where it stands, you know? The whole lawsuit, I don't know if they eventually just went away or if it's still there. Went away as in people disappeared or the case went away? Well, just because it takes money to, to keep or it both. in court, you know? Well, you know how it goes, like, like, man, you're, like, suing a big company, but then it's, like, you can't afford to keep going to trial and stuff like that. Yeah. No, I'm basically trying to say that they're lucky they're in Mexico because aside from, like, the Monterrey owners, America, and possibly Cruz Azul, like, what other, yeah. like no, what other, what other team would, would survive outside of Mexico? Yeah, no, you're, you're right. Um, a lot of these, these owners wouldn't, you know, because of all these rules that they're able to get away with a lot of stuff. Like someone like Guri with how he was managing Veracruz. And basically you just have to own the, the franchise. And the franchise is basically the team name and that it's in first division. And, you know, the, the club allowed the franchise to be sold. And people would, you know, like your club would be relegated and then a, a second division team would go up and then that, that team would know that like, well, we don't have money to survive. So they would sell their franchise, you know, and that's how you had to switch a rule. How like Puebla was relegated, but they bought whatever team went up. So they're still, they're still in first division. There's yeah. a lot of shady shit that happens in Mexico, basically. <laughs> For sure, folks. I, yeah, I, I am scared, though, that because I remember arguing with Joel about the rise of the MLS. Because, yeah, Yanni Los Bell, man, I get so tired of hating on MLS. I even get exhausted talking about MLS, man. But I remember him uh, making a case for it. And but the but as the years go on, the more I see how they operate Liga Max, I can seriously see them not not in the near future, but definitely in the future, of young of young fans just switching sides, man. They're gonna get tired of this. You think you would think so? I mean, you're already starting to see people like Habibi supporting their national, you know, their their local club. And with the rise of no Sabo kids who don't speak Spanish, yeah, of course they're gonna gravitate towards the MLS. And then now you factor in the Messi effect. Are you kidding me, dude? Yeah, that'll be a sad day in Mexican football. <laughs> yeah, and it's their fault for not, 
you know, having a platform for English content, you know, I think that's another missed opportunity there. I mean, I look at some of the content that Chivas produces in English and it makes me cringe because the guy who's talking sounds like um, the Count from uh, Sesame Street. Count Chocula? Yeah. When he talks, bro, I'm like, dude, are you like a real person? <laughs> Oh, it was a cereal? It is a cereal. Oh, it's, like, right. uh, it's, it's not themed on monsters, because so there's like a Frankenstein, Frankenberry, I think it's called. And then there's like a ghost wow. and a mummy. It's, it's like chocolate Lucky Charms, Jaime. Ah. Yeah, yes. But with monster theme, like Koal said. Yeah. That's cool. We had, uh, we had a poll on the podcast. Uh, I, I haven't been reading them out. So uh, we had 57% of our listeners think that Santi Jimenez should be our starting striker. 28% uh, voted for Julian Quinones. And 14% voted for Henry Martin. Raul Jimenez got zero votes. And then... Oh, no love. <laughs> The one that upset me, I asked the audience, is the Dutch League better than Liga Mekis? And 66.7% said yes. Sounds like Cantina MX has a bunch of Hovenes MX fans, man. <laughs> <laughs> you, could, you could argue their top clubs are better, which is just going to be PSV and Ajax. But top to bottom, I'll say... Max and you've had even coaches like Hans Westerhoff and Leo Vinhacker say that Liga Max is better. That was a long time ago, though. Yeah, yeah, you could say that. I mean, but no, I don't think much has changed. Probably even like what you've seen, you used to see Ajax at least be more competitive. You haven't really seen them like reach like a, a Champions League final. Yeah, a couple of years ago, they got close. They got, they beat, what, Madrid and Juve to get to the semi against Spurs, and then they lost. And then they, they basically stripped the team. After that, they sold everybody. But uh, They're like a glorified Pachuca. Yeah. <laughs> If Pachuca was a Euro team, that's what would they be? Ajax. That's a that's a fair ass assessment. Uh, although Pachuca, um, not necessarily a big metropolitan city, whereas Amsterdam absolutely is. Well, lads, I have to get going. Absolutely, I'm man. A, Do you have um? No, I'm a any yes, my final thought. Yeah. Yes, my, my closing thoughts. No, it's just, just going back to the whole expecting clubs to release a player for peanuts uh, and then blaming the clubs for not, for like blocking someone's opportunity. 
Like they're they're not blocking no one to me. It's as a player, you it's your choice. You take the risk. If you want to leave, then you could write out your contract or not sign the extension. At which point the club will sell you. Because uh, other than that, you could leave on a free. Uh, so then that that's just what it comes down to. So holding the players more accountable. If you really want to leave, then you will leave, and you could find opportunities not being the better teams, but you'll still find them. Fair enough. Yes, Thank you, sirs. Ricardo, what you got? As I always say, it's a pleasure to be on here with you gentlemen. But I always say, man, I... No, but before this, I also want to say that I'm looking forward to the weekend games. They got some good ones going on in Liga MX, the best league in the Western Hemisphere. <laughs> but one thing that re- I, I hate, and and this fake news disgusts me, man. And Argentina, for the third time, does it again. They cheat. They're cheating bastards. They get away with it. And no one says a damn thing because they have star power. And that's the only reason they get away with it. That cheap Poo Gomez, the steroid freak, got caught. What, uh, what were they saying? What was the Jarabe three mu- uh, before the World Cup started? They, he popped dirty before the World Cup and yeah. still went to the World Cup. And people are going to... and. Argentinos and pro-Argentino media, which is, believe it or not, it's a bunch of a bunch of them out there, especially in Mexico. They're gonna tell you, oh, it doesn't matter. It won't affect. It it, it doesn't affect the. It, it's not as effective as people say it is, or it doesn't affect the game as much as you think it does. But I completely disagree, man. If if they're not going to be drug test, testing everyone before, in the World Cup, if they don't drug test, I mean, if they if they knew this guy popped hot, he shouldn't have gone to the fucking World Cup, man. And now they got another stain in their history book of lies and corruption because they celebrate that. They love being cheaters, and they get away with that. And, and Messi is a fake champion. He doesn't deserve that that championship. I mean, that World Cup. Because... <clears throat> you good there? Uh, Ricardo, you keep uh, muting and unmuting. I don't know what's going on with your uh, mic there. I think... Uh, the powers beyond us will not allow the, the messy slander. Hey, can you hear me? There you go. <laughs> awesome. I was about to do a wellness check. I'll take my... <laughs> this guy's choking and then he goes... <laughs> Messi, <laughs> Messi was choking you with that little celebration he does, a little choke. He the was... pro-Messi propagandist came after me, man. No, but uh, I just wanted to mention that, that these guys are cheaters and people forgive them just because they got star power. Because if Mexico was doing some bullshit like that, that you you better believe their ass. They they'd uh, they'd strip Mexico, 
And obviously, Mexico doesn't have have stars, so it's a uh, you can't really compare the two. But what I find really disgusting is that no one even mentioned this. What I'm about to say, a lot of media and uh, were mentioning before the World Cup for Argentina, they mentioned that Papu Gomez that he was uh, being alienated by the other players in, from the Argentina team, right? And they were saying, oh, they, they said some bullshit like, oh, he was doing witchcraft on this guy, what? and he hates on this guy, and he has something, something, pretty much some, like, bullshit excuses of why he's being alienated, right? Mm-hmm. And pretty much uh, just spreading fake news as usual, as they usually do. That that just tells me, when I read that, I seen the reporter mention that online. I was like, why would they mention something like that? What importance does that have for people to know online, right? Mm-hmm. That's like if a, if a robber or if a murderer just runs up to you and he has a bloody hand with a knife. He's like, oh, I was just chopping onion. I was just chopping tomatoes, man. Like, wouldn't you find that suspicious? <laughs> like, they knew this guy pissed hot. And they went, they went ahead with the World Cup with the, and they took them. So they're accomplices to the crime, man. And no, and no one's gonna call them out for it. And that, and I think that's disgusting. Yeah, man. Thanks for bringing that up. It's funny because like no one's really talking about it, right? Like, look, man. I I got an ant like when I was in high school. Like, I have firsthand experience of seeing something like this. When I was in high school, my dad, he got injured when he was working, right? And he had to get uh, steroid shots. And during the summer when this happened, I would go to a park right here in Houston. It's called Bear Creek Park. I think it's around three miles long. And I'd go with him during the day. Uh-huh. And we, we'd do a couple laps. I keep in mind, like, I'll... I'm not saying I'm so I'm some super athlete or anything, but I was in shape and I would work out and I and I I would always go running and jog and jogging. I could do like a, a good mile at that time. And I kid you not, this old fucker, well, he was out running me, man. He never got tired. <laughs> those, those stero- and I would ask him, like I would ask him after the run, I'm like, "Hey, Dad, like, hey, pops, you wouldn't like." Damn, man, like, you wouldn't stop or, like, what's going on, man? He's like, I don't feel tired. And I'm like, after he told me that, I was like, man, this isn't, like, when you see this in sports, it's just not, it's not fair, man. Like, that, like, that shit helps you. And people just don't, they just pretend like it doesn't. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I appreciate your thoughts there, Ricardo and Well, It was a fantastic episode. The anti Santa Jimenez club here. Um, for the le- you know people listening, hey, look, you know we're just trying to give people a different perspective. Obviously, you know he's a talented player, but let's let's take it one step at a time, and uh, let's not get on this whole like Euro um, snob hype like. There's a lot of great talent in Liga Mekis, and Liga Mekis, in my opinion, is one of the top leagues in the world, uh, easily in the top, you know, 10, 12 on a good day. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll catch you guys in the next one. As far as upcoming matches, uh, I think everybody's going to be looking forward for that Tigres-Chivas match on Saturday, some revenge 
from the the final where Chivas choked the two two nil lead. Uh, you also have Rayados, who are pretty banged up, man. Like most of their team is injured, uh, but they do play America on Saturday the twenty eighth. Um, so looking forward to those matches. Oh, it looks like Abdias wants to throw something in there. Coming in at the last minute. I'll let him speak. You know, I think it's it's pretty appropriate. We're, we're wrapping things up. We're at the the tail end of the of the show, and and Cruz Azul are also at the bottom of the table. So the floor is your Abdias. Oh, ha 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 ha! Pues qué pedo, cabrones. Perdón, me quedé dormido. Es es tarde acá de mi lado, pero saben qué. Aquí estoy para defender a mi puro pinche gallo. Qué pedo. Y'all been talking shit the whole time, haven't you? Yeah, dude. We um we're at, we're wrapping up the episode. <laughs> oh, it's all good. It's all good, man. I'll listen later. I just came here, you know, say say fuck you guys. I know y'all been shit talking them. Que que les dolió que les diga la verdad. For your for your hot take, I just want to know how you feel about the possibility of Coca joining Cruz Azul. ¿Sabes qué, güey? Mejor rompeme un pinche huevo de tener ese pinche flojo en, en el Cruz Azul. <laughs> All right. The beauty of it is I know he's not going to close out the season. So, fuck it. Bring whoever you want. We're going to fire you by, like, por nada siete. For sure. And uh, do you agree with Santi's comments about players having a tough time getting exported to Europe? I do. I do, because they... They do. We literally talk about this all the time. Players in Liga MX will get an offer, and we don't sell. We, if anything, we should take the Latin American approach—not even Latin American, the South American approach—that is, sell low at the first time, hold on to twenty percent of their fichaje for the fresh sales like all right cool yeah you know what i'll send you, i'll sell you 75 of this player take them it's a low offer but when you sell him i get 25 of that and it's, that's how you make money it's too complicated man wait no mames it's 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 uh Uruguay it's, lo puede hacer. math is hard si Brazil lo puede hacer. No mames, güey. Have you ever met a true Mexican that get the education in Mexico? Their fucking math is on point. They'll put you to shame any fucking day. Yeah, I'm, I was. So, be- so you want teams to lose money? Then you want Cruz Azul to sell a player <laughs> for four million bucks and lose, and they bought them at eight or ten million. It might be a loss up front, but at the later end, it's an investment in the player. That's a big but. Like, gee, no, it's not. It's not a but. It's an investment on a player. N- name me another player that's gone that route, though. Aside from, uh, from uh, specifically from Cruz Azul. That's the problem. We're not doing it that way. That's the model that we need to adopt, and it's the close-mindedness, close-mindedness of Mexico that hey, I just want a return investment right off the rip, versus. Hey, I believe in mi pinche gallo que va a ir y va a matar todo lo que está allá y va a ganar. But don't you think the players should start by taking a pay cut in Mexico to begin with instead of demanding uh, millionaire salaries and on top of this, on top of the 
the loss that the team would get by selling him? Why should the player take take the loss? If anything, you, that's South, South, South American them. players aren't getting paid. You're saying take the South American route. Well, well, aside from Brazilian players, what other South American players getting paid like the Liga MX player and getting sold for crumbs to Europe? And then that's the problem of Liga MX, right? What What did Tata Marcino say before he left? El valor del jugador en México está inflado. ¿Cómo es que un jugador en el mercado mexicano vale X millones de dólares, pero en el, en el extranjero vale mucho menos? Al mercado extranjero. Like, the Mexican League is broken. And we all know this, and we can't even pretend like we don't know this. But we are seeing that uh, inflation in Europe when you have a top Euro player and they're paying, they're paying upwards of 60, 70, 80 million dollars. And that's all very recent. That, that didn't used to be the case where it was up to that point. So even within Europe, they well, even, yeah, because that's a result of the, of the fucking Saudi money coming in. Not even Saudi money. That is all, that's a result of the oil money coming in. Yeah, but but I mean, that's kind of the same thing with Liga Like Mexico, shit, even EPL is crying about it. Well, I was just saying, it's kind of the same with, with within Liga MX. The other clubs will value those players that much that they're willing to pay. And like in Europe, for the most part, well, because they're they're pulling from so many other places where they're like, they don't they won't see the max player as better than a Uruguayo or a Nigerian or whatnot. So they're they're gonna put us at the prices that they're getting those players. Well, the problem but is in those players in those leagues. The history. We also don't have history porque compran un compran un, un compran un proyecto brasileño viendo la historia de los brasileños. Think of these other leagues. If these other leagues were in the same position as Max, they were they wouldn't sell their players for peanuts. They would be valuing the same players at the same amount. It's just that their leagues are very poor. So that's why like like um Ricardo said, except for the Brazilians, because the Brazilians have there's a couple clubs that just they just have the money and they could pay. So that's why um but I mean they have the history, like you said. So I mean that's that's just Brazil, not just in, that's in another level, but just comparing to the other leagues, they're very poor leagues. So that's that's always going to, and this, to just okay, be so, like... The, so the we're best. using Brazil, right? El, el fútbol brasileño. No, I don't think we should. Todos sabemos just, que pagan un chingos. No, espérate, espérate. Vamos a usar tu pinche argumento, güey. Okay? El pinche fútbol brasileño. ¿Verdad? Okay. Les pagan un chingos. Pero ¿cuántos jugadores portan cada año? Un putazo. ¿Por qué? Porque entienden que ese es el negocio. Así es como vas a crecer el fútbol. ¿Verdad? No, Argentina no, no, that's not how it hace is. lo mismo. You just said it was the track record. Mexico just can't buy a track record out of nowhere. 
Yeah, but the if, league if is set look, up if to you have a Euro work. team, if you have a Euro team, as much with all with everything you just said, you would buy the Brazilian player instead of the Mexican player too. Because they have the track record of it, yeah. and because they know how to do business. But it goes hand the track record. The track record goes hand in hand with the with the number of exports they they send over there. Mexico doesn't have a track record, and it has very few players to export, so it's not comparable. Mexico has plenty of fucking players to export. You know what? Let's look at Luis Chavez. He left. Por la puerta de atrás. Why? Because he chose to go do that. Right? You want another one? Miguel to Angel. Russia? Doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't? <laughs> it's it Russia, doesn't. man. Come on. Wait. Seven scared, Premier? Play me the fucking clip that Medica Castillo. <laughs> I don't know if I have it saved anymore. Sabes que es la diferencia? Que él está en Europa y eso está aquí. Y siempre vas a estar aquí. <laughs> That's the close-mindedness. <laughs> Igual como lo de Ayun. ¿Qué pasó con, mi, con Miguel Ayun? Se fue a la pinche segunda división. Luego subió a la primera división. Luego brincó en equipos. Y luego regresó a México. ¿Verdad? Pero la cosa es que se tuvo que ir a la pinche segunda división. Se tuvo que creer en sí mismo. Y fue lo que pasó. ¿Y por qué no lo vendieron? Porque no lo dejaban irse. So well, he, he, was probably demand, he was probably demanding a multi uh, a millionaire contract in Mexico too. Nope, it was Televisa. They wouldn't let him go. America wouldn't let him go, and he said, "No, me voy por mis huevos, me voy." And he left. But how did that go for him? I mean, he was in the bench over there for most of the time. No, he wasn't. He wasn't. No, he played. Portal, he was right? a good player. Porto, este, unos cuantos otros, pero Porto fue el más grande donde hizo el mejor aporte. And he was considered one of the best players no, around. He, wasn't. he was not Yeah, he was. Best. One of the best players. I didn't say the best, one of the best. Of Mexicans or the other extranjeros? On the team in general. Why the fuck do we have to compare them? Right. No, no but you, you mentioned you wanted to compare him to Brazil. And Brazil sends. When the fuck did 20... I say that? I just said, no, 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 espérate, espérate. You didn't just say that. Don't that twist comparing... my words. No, no, no. What I said is look at his trajectory, the path that he had to follow, mm-hmm. right? The path that Luis Chavez had to follow, the path, how it is for you in order to be able to leave Mexico. No, yeah. Como dijo Santi, Antuna ha recibido ofertas, Charlie ha recibido ofertas, y cuántos nos más oímos de que, hey, ¿sabes qué? Recibieron una oferta. ¿Y qué dicen los, los directivos mexicanos? No, pues no me quieren pagar, ¿verdad? Porque lo voy a vender a un, a un mercado extranjero cuando en doméstico me puedo ganar tan, puedo ganar X. So you'd rather take a, a $20,000 job in LA than a million dollar job in Iowa? Fuck yes. Oh. <laughs> cost of living is different. All right, man. All right. Plus, here's the thing. There's Tell no me, arguing with career, that, man. Well, how much career growth are you going to have 
in LA and how many more opportunities are you going to get in a larger market than a hot piece of shit like Iowa? Career growth. I mean, uh, let, let's say we're comparing act cause we're talking about entertainment. Let's say you're an actor in Iowa and an actor in, in, uh, I mean, you're an ugly actor <laughs> in the LA and you're a good looking actor in Iowa. Like what are we really getting at the end of the day? Well, yeah, everyone's a 10 fucking east of the Mississippi. That's the problem. Bunch of fucking uggos. <laughs> all right? So that's the first thing that you need to get in check. Second of all is, all right, yeah, you might be a, you might be a working actor in L.A., but, hey, what are you doing? You're networking. You're learning. You're doing a lot of other things. You're investing upon yourself in order for even then. It's a perfect example. Even then, hey, you know what? I was an actor in LA. I did blah, 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 blah. You return to Iowa when you have a much larger market now where you get a bigger share, a.k.a. Captain Save a Ho and Los Regios will come back and pay you cash over fist for you to come back. But in, no, in none of those scenarios that you mentioned were Mexican players actually playing in elite teams, though. So what's because the we point don't of have this? the trajectory. Like, that's that's what you don't understand. How the fuck do we want players in the elite status when we don't even let them leave? When un proyecto del futuro mexicano tiene 26 años. Look, let, let, let me tell you this. You can let every Mexican player in Liga MX to Europe for, for less than $20,000 right now. None of them become stars playing in, in Europe. Or better really? yet, none of them become elite. Yeah. So you don't think West Coast would become elite if he leaves in time? If he goes to Sparta, Rotterdam, and he ends up back in Mexico, I don't think so. Because at, at, it comes down to talent at the end of the day also. At none of these I'm going to use one of like, your own words, fucking indigenous mindset. Mm -hmm. Right, donde no tienes la pinche imaginación o el poder ver de lo que tiene el futuro. No, you, you can imagine. You can imagine everything you want, but I, I go off numbers and reality, and the numbers and the reality tell me that these guys aren't prepared to go over there, and frankly, they're not talented enough to succeed in big teams over there. And why do you need them to go to a big team? Once again, the, what I said is the investment is, yes, I will sell them to you at a 75% nomina, at a reduced price. And when you sell him, that's when I'm going to get my money. When he takes that next step, I'm going to get my second half of the money. That's literally what they did with Santi. Cruz Azul still holds 20% of his nomina. <clears throat> the one guy you're mentioning. And you're not going to mention that he had someone in there vouching for him that already knew him, which a lot of other Mexican players don't have when they go to Europe. And that, and I, if you ask me, that's part of why he's succeeding over there, because they did take a chance on him. So then what's your argument? That we shouldn't take chances on Mexicans anymore? No, I'm saying oh, they don't take chances on them over there. Except every guy... Like Howell said, if they're, if they're not spending money, if they're not spending money on you, uh, if they don't buy you, if they don't have a bit a uh, high number purchase for you, transfer. I mean, out of Liga MX, they don't really care about you like that. They're not gonna give you a chance. 
country air. I mean, you just you just mentioned Jimenez. They paid eight million for him, right? I, you know, bro, I'm not even sure what the number is. Yeah, what I mean is that he was able to leave. All right, you don't don't think his dad had anything to do with that? Wait, his dad's a fucking worldwide legend. Worldwide, right? Lo que hizo en en Boca y todo allá, lo que vino a hacer aquí, lo que hizo en el en el club de en el uh, club World Cup y todo eso. His name is known, <clears throat> and that's part of the thing. You're investing in that stock. It's like, all right, cool. El hijo de quién? Okay, en qué club y todo lo demás. Like, there's a lot of factors that go into it. On transfer market, it says that the transfer from Azul to Feyenoord was six million euros, and that his current value is forty million. So tell me, where do you lose money if you get twenty percent of that? You guys are getting twenty percent. Yeah. Sheesh. Exactly. Exactly. That's the business model. But South America knows it. Alright, so let me see. We don't. Forty times twenty percent. That is eight million. So in total you guys are gonna get uh let's see, plus the six. It's around fourteen million euros. Whereas yeah. somebody in Mexico has cash in hand right now that will take them off your hands for Probably that price. And he, him, he himself has said that he's taken less money going over there. So it goes back to my point. These guys can't, if they want to go over there, they got to take a pay cut in Liga IMAX because you can't have their, they can't have their cake and eat it too. If they want to get a transfer over there, you're either getting a low salary and getting a, uh, a low transfer over there. You can't have a high salary and a low transfer going over there. It, it, it just it doesn't happen. You can't show me an example of that happening. Basically, if you want to go to Europe, you know you don't expect Mexico money. Like exactly, he's he's over there eating he's over there eating crackers out of a can, man. I don't think Basically, so. If you want to go to Europe, don't death. be in the Mexican league. <laughs> Well, That's as simple as it goes. Go play in MLS. Go play anywhere else. I think it's easy. You will get exported. In Mexico, you will not. I think it's easier said than done. You know, Santi Jimenez, hijo de papi, right? This, this, this guy has money. You can't say the same for, let's say, Chiquito Sanchez, right? Like, these guys come from poverty. So, of course, when they finally bust their balls and get that first contract, they're going to try and get as much money as they can. Why wouldn't they? But uh, I guess if you don't have to worry about that, you come from money. You know, you're a you're a JJ Mac. Your money, your your family's wealthy. Then yeah, I can go to Getafe and get paid nothing for six months. I'm willing to take that gamble because I don't have to worry about the bare essentials. So and and they got the passport, Jaime. They got the advantage of the yeah. They got the passport and. 
not the the brown Mexicans are gonna have that advantage, no matter how people try to <laughs> say it doesn't matter. Look, Chiquitos, if Chiquito Sanchez tries to go over there, he's gonna have a hard time because of the passport and his height and These his skin color and his skin color. No darkies. Just watch. Es que todavía no no saben de Moreno pero de barrio. Teach them about that. They don't know about Morro. Ravioli always mentions about uh, that goes to Manchester United. What's his name? The Brazilian. Uh, Anthony? Yeah. He's a flop. That guy that got sold to Liverpool, Gekpo, he's a bigger flop. I mean, yeah. the, the, only, the only big name they can hang their hat off of is Suarez. No one else. You know, one thing I thought was interesting. You forget the biggest name there is, Slatan Ibrahimovic. Slatan. Well, that was a long time ago, man. I mean, yeah. What I thought was interesting was um, in that uh, Newcastle documentary, uh, they they signed uh, Jimades, and he said that like hit you know in Brazil, it's like their dream now to play in the Premier League. Like, when the fuck did that happen? You know, I think that is definitely new. Oh yeah! Now that you mentioned that, I remember watching those. Those you guys mentioned, uh, Slatan. I remember watching his documentary on Netflix, and when he was at that Swedish club, uh, club Malmo, that's what it was called, right? Yeah. First team. He was in the locker room talking to the to one of his old teammates that got to one to one that went to Italy, I believe, and he was. They were asking him, "Oh, oh what team do you want? What league do you want to go to?" And he's like. Probably Italian or the Spanish league, the English football is shit. <laughs> <laughs> and at that time, I guess he kind of had an argument, right? Yeah. Kind of. But but like you said, everyone wants to go to the Premier League now. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, because you didn't really know about too many Brazilians in, in the Premier League, like growing up, right? It was always the Spanish league or the Italian league. Like, it was like the Premier League didn't have that prestige uh, outside of the UK, obviously. So I thought that was interesting in the documentary. Like, damn, dude, players are now like kids dream of going to Newcastle and Manchester and Liverpool. It's like, what the fuck? Like, it's so random. But just an it's observation. Big deal, man. It really is. I see one of my my old white neighbors. They had a Manchester City jersey, man. Wow. And, and they I've never seen old white people around here. We're wearing anything other than like football stuff, you know, yeah. or the occasional Astro stuff. But mm -hmm. that's when I was like, oh, this is good. This is coming over here. For sure. Well, boys, we're in the OT. Um, I appreciate Abdias for hopping on on the on the last minute and giving us like that uh, perspective. We always appreciate and, and um, encourage here on the podcast. I'll leave you guys with a published comment from one of our listeners on Spotify, Jesus says, the show's really funny and informative while also being highly speculative. Keep it up. You guys are one of the best. 
ways I can get insight into a game that I fully don't understand but love to watch. So big shout out to Jesus for that comment and we'll read more in those on the next episode. All you got to do if you're a Spotify listener is uh, respond to our Q&A. We upload it every week and then we'll also have a poll where you can vote. So uh, stay tuned for that. But gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. Hope everyone has a great night. And of course, we will catch you guys in the next one.